And we thank God for the Holy Spirit in this place, in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I was so encouraged. I'm sorry we missed last night because my wife and I were ordained by uh, Pastor Ray. And uh, we thank God for him and all that he has taught us and the legacy that we have because of uh, Pastor Ray McCauley. We, we, we have been in the ministry for 40 years, as, and, and many of these, uh, Dr. Elijah, 54 years, and Bishop Moses celebrating 36 years this year. Uh, it's tremendous. And, we thank God for 36 years and what God has done in 36 years. Amen. It's awesome. It's awesome when you see what's happening in the Christian world and you have men that are staying the course. They're being faithful to the end. That's necessary for everyone to understand because when we started the journey uh, 40 years ago, there's many, many, many of those people that started the journey with us that are no longer on the road. They're no longer uh, serving God because they didn't recognize who they were. Amen. And just like uh, uh, Apostle says, if you don't understand who you are, and who Christ is in you, and you are standing in battles that you can only fight. I tell people that all the time, uh, even some of the battles I had in my life. Uh, my wife couldn't grip what I was fighting. So you've got to fight. She's in agreement, but you're fighting that battle because only you know the pain that you're in. Isn't that right? And I feel that this conference is turning out to be something of a healing conference. Uh, as, as Apostle was talking, I thought, oh, man, 2011, I had the Widowmaker. Do you know what the Widowmaker is? It's a heart attack that leaves your wife a widow. But as you can see, it wasn't a fatal heart attack. Okay, so... Uh, and I thank God that I've got stronger. We both entered our 70th year this year with ease. And we're just glad. And the reason we can go forward and plant a church and start again is because we have an unfolding vision. You need a vision for the future. That vision for the future keeps you vital. Amen. And, and God needs vital people in the kingdom of God. You, when you understand that, if, when, when you get that revelation of the truth of God that without a vision you perish, you've got to keep that vision close to you. Keep it big in front of you so that you can run with that vision. Uh, I, I encourage young people to have a dream book. And they must update that dream book all the, the time. They must dream big dreams. They must dream great dreams. Amen. You can change the world when you believe and see yourself in that dream. You'll have a, a long marriage, like 52 years, when you have a dream. Our, our, our marriage is sweeter. I must say it is. This is the truth. This is the truth. Our, <laughs> 52 years, our marriage is sweeter and still vital. Amen. 
it, when we started off, it was a struggle, but we stopped struggling years ago, and we're now into that sweet spot of, your, of marriage. Are you with me? <laughs> Maybe not, but if you, just, <laughs> if you just meditate on that one day, it'll become a reality. But you've got to stay the, the course. So I have a, a message, and I believe it's the right message. And uh, I, I, the message I have for us today is to attempt greater things. You know, uh, many of you have heard about the Pareto principle, where 20% of the people do 80% of the work, or 20% of the people give, and the other 80% enjoy the benefits of what has been given. But that's not God's plan for our life, and it's not God's plan for your life. He wants 100% of the body. That's, what, that's how I had a heart attack. That's how the brother was attacked with cancer. One, one cell wasn't operating properly, and, uh, and, and that brought on that disease. So we want a healthy body. So in, um, in the word in Philippians... Um, verse 12 from the Passion Translation. I don't know if you've got that one or not, but I'll read it to you. Uh, Paul writes this, I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Paul says, I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. You see, you have to train yourself and you have to find teachers that will help you get to that place where you are trained in all things. I believe that God set me in the body to teach principles because the, 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 the kingdom of God, the life we live is based on principles. Everything we do is principle-centered. Amen. And if, if we try and uh, shortcut the principles, life just won't work. Things just will never work if you think I can just do it, Frank Sinatra saying, I'll do it my way. No, that my way doctrine does not work. And if you're anyone here, if you're trying something and you're not working, you see this place you've come to, this week you're in a place of enablement. You're being enabled to go further in life. You're, you're, you're going to go further. You're going to go longer. You're going to go stronger. You're going to go higher. You're going to attempt things you've never done before. You'll go places you've never been before. Because you learn. You're being taught these things. It's enabling you. Your, 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 your dream center will start to be activated. And you'll start dreaming bigger dreams. I, I, I believe to, the next time I minister, I'm going to minister on the great multitude mindset. We've got to think multitudes, multitudes. That's what this represents, uh, the, 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 the graphic I've got there. It's multitudes of people. It's all about the multitudes. But if we just think of our own situation, we'll live in that small situation for the rest of our life when you think this is all there is. No, that's the beginning point of something great for your life. <clears throat> so as Paul says, I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. 
whether in fullness or hunger, it doesn't matter what my situation is. I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer all difficulties. So what I've been searching for for many years is that explosive power of Christ in me. Amen. It's once you realize that the explosive power of Christ in you is going to take you through all of these things, no matter what comes against me. And if you read what Paul went through, uh, you can see some, he had a lot of stuff come against him, but he was still able to say that I can conquer every difficulty because of Christ's explosive power, which infuses me. If you're infused with something, you're filled with something. Amen? And we need to be filled with something. There's such deception and there's such confusion in the world today that we've got to know that we are are moving in the way God wants us to move. Amen? Paul, Paul goes on and says this in Philippians 3, 10 and 11. He says, in the New Living Testament, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Just what our brother was saying. We get to know Christ, we get to know God and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. And you all love this next bit. I want to suffer with him. Amen. There is some suffering that we'll have to do. As ministers in the gospel, you know that your EQ can be up, your emotional quotient can be up here one day, and the next day it can be down there somewhere, uh, and you just go through some things. You, you, you suffer emotionally, you suffer, and uh, your family suffers, all sorts of suffering. But when you uh, understand that Uh, when we experience the mighty power of Christ, we can conquer those sufferings, amen? We have a way to overcome those things. So uh, it goes on and says, sharing in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead, Amen. amen? We have to get to that place where we die to self and live for Christ, amen? That, 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 we walk in advance forgiveness that uh, people uh, will always say, in this world, John 16, we will, all, we will have tribulation. People will say bad things about us, but we can get through those things. Amen? <clears throat> we, we, we die to self. Dead men don't feel insults. If you've, you, you can slap a dead man about, he doesn't feel nothing. Amen. He's dead to all that stuff. In another letter, Paul tells his readers, in Ephesians 1, 19 to 21, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is come, which is to come. So we have 
Uh, We're looking for the exceeding greatness of his power. That exceeding greatness of his power, someone uh, described it as the greatness of his power that created the whole universe. That was the, the greatness of the power that was needed for Christ to rise from the dead. Uh, I, I use an illustration t- sometime of the Manhattan experiment. It was uh, during the war when they invented the nuclear bomb. So they took it out and they built a 30-foot high steel structure and put uh, Fat Tom, the name of the bomb, on top of this, nu- on top of this structure. And they all retreated 10 miles away and they had some trucks and everything closer and uh, they thought, well, the, the scientists didn't really know what was going to happen. They thought once the atoms started to split, they didn't know if it would stop splitting and the whole earth would disappear. Uh, so <clears throat> it was an experiment where no one really knew the outcome of what was going to happen. So here, the, the, when they ignited the bomb, 10 miles away, people were blown off their feet uh, all these army vehicles were upturned and all the, the sand around in the desert for hundreds and hundreds of meters was turned to glass. And when they went to the place where the steel structure was, it was melted to a liquid and boiled to a vapor. There was no structure at all. So that's the kind of power that's available, and that's nothing like the power that God has made available to us. And when something comes against you, that power will melt that thing to a vapor, amen? Boil it to a vapor and disappear and dissipate in your life, amen? That's the kind of thing, what's going to attract multitudes in the last days is signs, wonders, and miracles. It's going to be, uh, in Jeremiah 6, 16, the Word of God says, return to the ancient paths. Return to that type of preaching that sears the mind of people and opens their hearts and, and gets to the place that darkness is dwelling and people will let the light in and they'll be saved. Amen. Amen. So that's the, the world is waiting for us to rise up and display this power that has already been given to us. Paul uses the Greek word for power, which is dunamis, which is the root word of a, a, a root word dynamite. So Paul is saying God wants us, his children, to receive this dynamite power that can change our life. That's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. 2,000 years ago, and it's available for us right now to, uh, to transform our weaknesses into our strengths. Amen. Hallelujah. If you even get a small bit of this revelation, you're going to be a different person. Amen. It's going to change your life. Uh, so uh, just moving on, Jesus says this in John 14. Uh, from the New King James Version, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So Jesus is saying, if you don't believe me for my words, believe me for my works. 
Believe me for the evidence that you see. Believe me for these healed people. Believe me for the people that raised from the dead. Believe me uh, for walking in water. Believe me for turning the water into wine. Believe me for these things. He says, just believe me for the sake of the works. Most, and he says in verse 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, how many believers are in this church today? How many of you have made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior? You've made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. You're a believer today. God's word is speaking to you today. You can't say, well, that's not me. If you're a believer, it's for you. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Colon, stop there and think about that. The works that I do, he will do also. So what this is saying, that's just normal Christianity. That's just normal Christianity. Uh, there's two things I want us to look at there. It's a promise to all believers. This is astonishing. So there is no exclusion here if you're a Christian. I remember the day that uh, we got born again and we moved, uh, my company moved me to Middleburg in the Transvaal. Is it still called the Transvaal? In Pumalang. Oh, sorry. Anyway, it was then in 1980. It's a history lesson, guys. So we moved there and uh, my company moved us there, but we got born again in Johannesburg. So there was, we moved to an Afrikaans-speaking town, and you can hear that our, my Afrikaans wouldn't be that good. So we, we, we decided every Sunday we would move the five of us from Middleburg, 100 miles back to Johannesburg each way. We did that for a few weeks, and then we said to the pastor, hey, we can't keep doing that. What can we do? He says, so he had many people in the line asking questions, and he said to us, just start a church. So we said, how do you start a church? He says, well, put an advert in the paper with the Rhema shield on it saying, faith, uh, Bible studies every Wednesday night, and just put it in the newspaper. So we just did what the pastor said to do. We didn't know anything about the Bible. We knew a few, we just knew a few scriptures. We knew, we knew that we were saved, that we were born again. We knew that Jesus Christ was our Lord. We knew that the believer would lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. We knew that we should be doers of the word and not hearers only. So we just did it. And within a few months, there was over a hundred people in that fellowship. Amen. So we attempted something. It was an attempt at something we had no knowledge of. But that's the message today. Can you attempt something? When you attempt something, God can help you in your attempt. But if you're doing nothing, God can't help you. He needs you to do something. Are you with me? So uh, many people in the, ch the church world would think, oh, oh no, that's just for apostles, it's just for pastors, it's only for evangelists or it's for veteran Christians that have been in the way for a long time. There's a difference of being in the way and on the way, okay? We don't want to be in the way as a Christian, you want to be on the way as a Christian. So, it's, or it's only for highly spiritual, mature Christians or professional Christians or missionaries or elders or highly gifted. No, 
The text says, whoever believes in me, believers pure and simple will do the works that I do, Jesus said. Amen? Amen. And we've seen this exact phrase before in the Bible, whoever believes in me. The word of God says in John 6, 35, whoever believes in me shall never thirst. In John 7, 38, he says, whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. John 11, 25. Uh, John 12, 46. Whoever believes in me will not remain in darkness. In other words, it's normal Christianity. This is what it means to be a Christian. Believing in, on Jesus is what unites us to him for eternal life. So when the word says, whoever believes in me and Jesus will do this or that is describing the normal Christian life. Amen. That's the first observation that I have from that verse. The promise of verse 12 is not made to the apostles alone, but to all those who believe. My wife and I found out that uh, John, uh, that James 1.22 says, Be ye a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Don't be like the man that's looking at his face in the mirror that turns away and forgets what he saw, deceiving himself. You see, we are warned in, in, in uh, Matthew 24 and through every epistle, beware of deception. The worst kind of deception is self-deception. Are you with me? That's the worst. Because your self-deception becomes your truth. And to change that truth doesn't happen for many people. Because they've been deceived uh, into into a, a mode of deception that they believe is the truth. And that's what God says in, in Matthew 24. He says, in the end times, beware lest you be deceived. But if you deceive yourself, to get out of that deception is going to be very, very difficult. That's why you need to be in church hearing the word of truth. John 8:32 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is where truth is dispensed. But God also warns us that there can be places pulpits where the truth isn't coming forth. And, and, and we see that all over the world by uh, false doctrines. Are you with me? But those people that are, are, are doing these things are deceived and they believe it's the correct thing to do. They believe that's the way to heaven. We need to change that by showing people who God really is and what God really does. Amen. So the second things I want to show you, the second point from verse 12 is uh, point A. Second point is that Jesus promises all believers will do his works. It's not yet a promise that we will do greater works. The first part of the verse says that we will do his works. And then it's it's a colon. uh, And he says, uh, he hasn't yet promised it will do the greater works, but the works of Jesus So if Jesus says that we should do them, that must be possible for us because he's not playing playing deity tricks with us. Amen. It's a promise to us that if we attempt, if we attempt to do his works, that we can do those works. Amen. Amen. How many of you are going to attempt to do his works? 
We live, in a, we live in a country that the government's declared as a secular nation. People don't believe in God. They don't believe in the devil. They don't believe in anything like that. It's all self-preservation. We live in a country right now that is filled with confusion because of the government. Uh, and the government, there's a nation uh, for over two years that have been brought to a place of confusion. They need to know the truth. It's only the truth that's going to set them free from this place. Even the, 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 the new prime minister we got deceived the queen. There's no, there was no uh, end to what lengths that he would go to deceive people. Are you with me? And deception is the, the, the greatest tool used by the enemy to control uh, the people of a nation. So believers' mission is the great commission, not the great omission, it's the great commission. Amen. God has got something for each one of us to do. You see, all these miracles and signs will accompany those who believe. They'll drive out demons in the power of his name. They will speak in tongues, uh, Mark 16, 17, and 18. They will, they will be supernaturally protected from the, the Passion Translation. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands and on the sick and heal them. Amen. When we started attempting to do what we saw Pastor Ray do, what we saw other pastors do, we saw the same miracles that he saw. Amen. We became others of the same kind. We, we, we caught the vision. We saw the vision, which was an unfolding vision. And, and we saw uh, where we could go with this. And God will move you to the place where he wants you to go. There's keys to unlocking these wonderful signs and wonders and in your life. And it's very simply, uh, James 1, uh, 22. I know I'm repeating this, but faith comes by hearing. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. These kind of messages that you're hearing today are messages of liberation. It's a, you, you're being taught how to step into the perfect law of liberty and liberation and liberty begins when you realize you're liberated. You realize you're liberated. That's why it says in Hebrews 9 and 14, it says that the, 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 the blood of Christ cleanses your conscience from all the dead works that you've been involved in. That's liberation. That's freedom. When all those things come back at your conscience, you just say, thank you, Lord, for the blood that cleansed my conscience from dead works. That's what the enemy comes with when you start to do the works of God. He attacks you with the things of your past. But we need to know that we are liberated from that by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. We're liberated. And it, the, the, it says... Those who continue in the law of liberty uh, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, 
This one, this one will be blessed in all he does. You say, well, why is blessing not coming in your life? My wife and I, we, I'm telling you this as a testimony because your testimony is the most powerful thing you've got. Uh, we, we, in 1980, we, were, we came to Christ. We started doing the Word of God. We started a church. Then the Spirit of God said, start your business, start a business. We'd never been in business. So we started business and we were greatly blessed because of the process of life. When we followed the process, God made sure that we were blessed. Amen. God understands what it takes to build the kingdom. And God empowered us, enabled us through us attempting to do something we'd never done before. We'd never been in business before. My wife would say, how can we do business? We've never done that before. I said, I don't know. We'll just try it. We'll just try. We'll just try. We'll just try. I've never been a boss before. I've never... I've never owned my own home before. I've never been able to do this before. I've never been able to travel before. I've never... Well, try it. Do something. Attempt to do it. Amen. God, God's looking for missionaries. He's, he's looking for people that will go out and do things across the world. You say, I want to be one of them. The first thing you've got to do is get a passport. You know... As you, you attempt to do something, you start at the beginning somewhere. Start somewhere. Ask your pastor, what can I do? And follow that. Attempt to do something. Don't leave here tonight and be the same old, same old. No, attempt to do something greater. Attempt to have a greater marriage. Attempt to have a greater relationship with your children. Attempt to do these things. Attempt to save, attempt to put money by, do all of those sort of things. Move away from the status quo. Sometimes our environment holds us back. It's a limitation in our life. But you know, you just look at the, 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 the video that Bishop Moza did and how he started in life. Hey, you've got one of the finest examples in Africa of where you can come from and where you can go over 36 years. Amen. I'm sure when Bishop Moser was doing uh, the the mail at Rama and doing uh, tapes and duplicating tapes and hearing that thing roll about all the time and just rattle away in the background, I'm sure he wasn't thinking, I'm going to spend the rest of my life just like this. I'm sure he never thought that. Amen. No. He was thinking of where he was going. He, he, he saw, he was seeing the future. Amen. He was hearing the word which was illuminating his mind and inspiring him to get, move into the future. So, uh, this means, of course, that to be blessed in what we do, uh, the word says this in Romans 12, 1. Beloved friends, and this is the Passion Translation again. I just, we like the Passion Translation in the UK. Uh, Beloved friends, what should be our proper 
responds to God's marvelous mercies. I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. When we start to do something, that's your genuine expression of worship. You're saying, you're saying, I'm not conformed to this world. Stop, verse 2 says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. You see, when we start to do that, we're going to live that beautiful life. It's going to be our expression of worship to God. How many of you try and worship God and you're in, your, uh, in a place and you're in a room by yourself and you can't really seem to get into that place of worship? Just do what he tells you to do and that's worship to God. Amen? And he, he, he promises there that we will live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. We apply these principles. We open the door to life without limits. God wants us to live without limits. We are limitless in the kingdom of God. Amen? We're limitless in the kingdom of God. We're, you see, if we don't transform, if we don't renew our minds, if we don't change our minds, and, and, and let me just be frank with you. I know lots of people, and um, I wonder if I can even say this. One of the worst places to be in life is in the place of comfort. So... My wife and I handed over the church that we had uh, pioneered and handed it over to our son uh, just over a couple of years ago, and we're pioneering again a small branch church with not many people, like 15 people or something in it right now, uh, but we're trying something, and uh, we, we have... But I know many people that have come to a place and they've got hundreds or thousands in their church, but they are not trying to do anything else. Are you with me? You see, it doesn't matter what your position in life, if you're limited by the, the, the comfort or uh, complacency, uh, you, you're not going to do anything. So God will sometimes come into you and, 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 and be like the eagle when it builds its nest and the, the eaglets are so comfortable there it starts pulling out the feathers and pulls out the feathers and all the sticks are sticking in the baby eagles until one day the eagle, uh, the mummy, mummy eagle just kicks the eagle out of the nest and, and daddy eagle's up there soaring and if that bird doesn't start flapping straight away, Daddy Eagle swoops down and catches it, puts it back in that uncomfortable place until it gets kicked out again and it tries harder the next time, attempts harder until it gets kicked out enough that it starts to fly. Some of us need the eagle. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we need to attempt something that's going to be great. Until you do it, we won't be able to change the multitudes. So I thank God for this opportunity to speak to you. But it's, we, we, the whole message is attempt to do something greater. Attempt to do... Let your life be a legacy. Let your life be something that means something to your family. Let your life be something. You know, my wife and I, over the years, we think of thousands and thousands of people that have come to the Lord in different places that we've been just because we attempted. Our educational qualifications didn't take us to where we were. I I left school at 15 and worked as a farm laborer. I came to South Africa to work in Iskor in, in Van der Bijl Park. That's what we call. <laughs> That's what we called it when we got here. So I came, but I had the highest job in, in, in Iskor. I was an overhead crane driver. <laughs> so. But we could have stayed there. Uh, Do you know what I'm saying? We could have stayed there, but God had something awesome waiting just across the door of attempting to do something different. Amen. So the, the, the whole message for you today and, and moving forward and, and that visualization of the future is attempt to move into the future and do something that you've never done before. And as soon as you start, God, you see, the Holy Spirit is called what? The helper. You do not need a helper if you're doing nothing. You need a helper when you're doing something. Amen. And it's when, when we were doing, I, I, I was stood standing on top of a mountain one day and the Holy Spirit said, buy all that equipment. And I said, I don't know how to do it. The Holy Spirit gave me a strategy on how to buy it. The Holy Spirit will tell you, he'll lead you and guide you into everything. And, and you hear in, in, in Isaiah 30 and 21, it says, you'll hear the voice from behind you saying, this is the way, walk you in it. If, it it's, it's not in front of you, but he's behind you. But he's given you the directions in which to go. Amen. Just attempt to move and the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into the way that you shall go and you shall make a great difference in life. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, uh, look forward to great multitude mentality. As a, uh, Proverbs 23 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We've got, as, as like I just read to you from Romans 12, that if we don't trans, be transformed by the renewing of our minds, we stay in the same place. We'll always be in that place that we, where we are. But God wants us to move forward. And he wants us to move forward uh, and be a great... Uh, he said to Abraham, I'll make your name great. Amen. He wants your name to be great. Amen. You're trying out everything you know to make your name great and you haven't got there. It's because you haven't followed the principles. Start following them 
and God will make your name great. Lift your hands, say this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I'm making a declaration today. I'm making a commitment before all these people and all the angels in heaven. From today, I declare, Lord, that I will attempt to move out of the place where I am comfortable to do something for you, Lord, that will change my world and change the world for others. Father, I thank you that you have a multitude waiting for me in the valley of decision, Lord. And Father, I'm going after them with all that's within me, Lord. In Jesus' name, I will do it. Amen. Well, give someone, give five people a high five and say, I see you attempting something great. Hallelujah. Praise the living God.